All gas, no brake. We're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Let's go, man! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Jets Way podcast. And tonight, we have the full team ready to go. Jake, Lorenzo, Sean. Guys, I feel like we're like uh, the Brooklyn Nets at the end of the season. We finally get everybody back. We're all ramped up. We're ready to go. Big free agency coming up. How are we doing tonight? I'm feeling good. It's good to have Lorenzo back. Uh, I'm feeling more like the Sixers. I don't know about you, Lyle. Um, well, great to be back, first of all. I'm glad we're not feeling like the Knicks, um, but that's another <laughs> point. Um, I like that analogy. Yeah, definitely feel like the the the, the gang is back together and – Definitely good. feels good to be back. The Sixers can get uh, too harsh of words there, but it's great to have everybody. We've been doing the fan series every week, and we just figured we finally have three of us back in-house, ready to go. Let's take a one-week hiatus. Got a lot to talk about with free agency coming up in about two weeks. The Combine, less than a week away. Tons to discuss. So, guys, let's get on into it with some free agency rumors and this morning, happened to see a crazy one coming out of New England with a player that will most certainly be linked to the Jets with their glaring need at cornerback with J.C. Jackson. And the likelihood that he gets the franchise tag is not very high at $17 million. And even if tag and trade is not on the table, it looks like out of New England. And it seems like a pretty foregone conclusion that J.C. Jackson won't be back for the Patriots. So I guess the glaring question here is, is that a guy that you feel comfortable paying $80 million for talk to me more about JC Jackson. I'm going to be honest. Um, that's a lot of money to give out to a player of his caliber. I think he obviously fit the the Patriot system well, and he is a ball hawking cornerback, but I don't know. It just seems like it's too good to be true, especially when the team like the Patriots isn't really willing to give him the money that he wants. And who knows, maybe he does probably does deserve it, but that's always like a red flag for me when they're not even trying to resign one of their top guys. Yeah, I definitely have some reservations and I don't see Joe Douglas being the guy to go out and, and pay that much. Cause Salah has proven he, his defenses aren't built around these elite cornerbacks. Like, yeah, we would love to have them, but not to get hand out these massive contracts too. It just seems like when have you ever seen a Patriot free agent leave and have it work out wherever they go it's crazy if you really look yep. down the line here jamie collins has been in and out of the patriot locker room about three times he goes for more money somewhere else like with cleveland and detroit and he finds his way back to new england it's not really much of a coincidence there you have him the one that kind of hits home the most let's be honest here it does hurt to say darrell revis leaves the patriots after winning the super bowl they don't even really make much of an effort to bring him back the next year the jets give him all this money He's not the same player. Obviously, age, and we all love Darrell Rivas, but we have to call it how it is. He just wasn't the same player for the Jets as he was for the Patriots and the years before with the Jets. So there's that example. Uh, they seem to trade guys, it seems like, before a year before they're supposed to be traded. They have been wrong before. We have to bring up Chandler Jones. They traded him mm -hmm. 
and and he's got a lot of football left in him. That's a guy, me personally, I would definitely uh, be all over with our glaring need for that other edge rusher. And maybe you never know with the draft with Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau probably won't be there. It would be nice. But for right now, we can't get our hopes up. We have to see the combine a lot to discuss with the draft. But with J.C. Jackson, it's just kind of like how great is he in coverage? Because he gets a lot of interceptions. Guys that get a lot of interceptions, you never know. Some fluky things could go on, right? So you get tip balls. They could just be in the right spot at the right time. It could be against a rookie quarterback like Zach Wilson. Like that one Zach Wilson threw to him week two. It looked like he was literally throwing it to J.C. Jackson. Did J.C. Jackson do anything incredible on on that interception against Zach week two? No. So interceptions do kind of scare me a little bit. And when you factor in the Belichick effect of him not really going that extra mile to bring back a guy that was pretty pivotal to his defense last year, a defense that got torched later in the season by the Buffalo Bills. And the game that really sticks out to me with J.C. Jackson is I don't know if you guys remember this. But remember on Monday Night Football, not last year, but the year before against Buffalo, against Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had the crazy yeah. 200 yards, three t- That was against J.C. Jackson. Cost me a fantasy championship that year. So it stuck with me. That game kind of – I get it. Stephon Diggs is a great talent and all, but I don't know, man. Is this guy really a lockdown corner or is he just really that ball hawk that is a pretty good player, but he's not exact, exactly an elite player at his position to warrant that type of contract? And he's looking for seventeen plus million dollars per year. That's that's a lot um, for someone that, like you said, it's is he, you know, basically a product of of the of the um, system that he was playing in, basically. Yeah, these are all fair points. I agree. Something to know with J.C. Jackson: age is on his side. He's twenty six years old, so he's not necessarily old where he could be over the hill, and he's just not the same player. It's just more of a question of okay, is he really that good? See what I'm saying? And and that's always uh, risky business. But there was also news about another corner that makes me think kind of twice because this guy, I think, is a pretty good fit for what we're trying to do here and what we need at the cornerback position, and that is right across town with the New York Giants and James Bradbury. Very good player for the Giants. Two years ago, got the big contract, and for once, the big contract seemed to work out for them. But this year, they have a lot of cap issues, I don't think it's necessarily Bradbury's a bad player, but when you have that many cap issues, you have such an uncertainty at quarterback, you have to put, you have to improve the offense, particularly the offensive line. You have another good corner in Adoree Jackson. You have Logan Ryan that's a free agent. You have Jabril Peppers that's a free agent. So you have a lot of moving parts there with the Giants. Bradbury could become ex, uh, expendable. What are your guys' thoughts on maybe bringing in James Bradbury, who will, who's only just 28 years old? It's not like he's like over 30. He's just 28 and seems to be playing really good football still. Yeah, no, James James Bradbury is definitely like the number one cornerback that we need. Pretty pretty good in coverage, and we've seen from time to time him um, have really good games against really good wide receivers. So definitely all aboard. Just in terms of like price, obviously, are we thinking third round pick here um, for for a guy like him? He'll be released. Oh, okay. He will be released. Oh, then, in then, all then, then then definitely. <laughs> yeah, if he's getting released, there's no reason we should not explore that that option right there. You have to figure what's J.C. Jackson going to command. Eighteen million on the market. Yeah, yeah. There's I think, just no way Joe hands that out. I don't. There's just no way. No, I, I don't think so too. But Bradbury kind of makes sense because you, you think about it like this: Is he really going to seek a five-year deal? No way. Pro- probably not. So you can maybe bring him in on a three, four-year deal. So let's say 
four years, 52 million. Right. I think, I think that's very fair. Yeah. Like something like that. And to me, he's a number one corner. He's not necessarily elite of elite, but he is a good, solid, will give you a professional effort against the number one receiver, not just against any receiver. He can cover the other team's number one wide receiver and contain him. We've seen it. We've seen it with the Giants. No no matter how bad things got for Big Blue, James Bradbury seemed to be one of their bright spots on a really bad football team. So I'm all in. I I think Bradbury's really good. I I don't know if I'm just being crazy here, but I'm a fan. That's the guy we need. That's that's definitely the guy we need. Um, especially if he's getting released. If it's obviously with trades, it's a little bit different. But um, I definitely think like with this team's need of a nice, solid veteran cornerback to really improve um, that room, I definitely think that's an avenue avenue we should um, you know, we should pursue. Agreed. And our friend DJ Bienname, who we have to have back on here. I, I will go the <laughs> extra mile. I will. I'll reach out. We we have communicated with him a decent amount. Good guy. I disagree with him a decent amount, but there's a way to disagree with people in life that you don't have to get too crazy. It, it is what it is. The sun will come up tomorrow morning and we will go on with our lives no matter what's going on in football. It's okay. You don't need to br- get all nuts. It, it's just you're okay to disagree with people. And uh, DJ is reporting that the Jets are looking to spend a premium asset, whether that be a big contract or a high draft choice on a cornerback this year. Just saying that that's what he said. And I definitely think, like, honestly, if we're being honest here, I definitely think, I definitely think the Jets are going to end up falling in love with Sauce Gardner, um, and, and probably use one of their first round picks um, on him, even even if they trade back from from ten as well. Yeah, just so much depends on free agency, and if guys like Bradbury do get released, but the picture it it is obviously a lot clearer once the free agent period is, is over. And I get the infatuation with Sauce Gardner and even Derek Stingley to a lesser extent, even though you guys know hurt in college, hurt in the pros, that's usually how it works. But I guess he's, he's a pretty promising prospect. But I just don't think this team needs a young corner. I think this team just needs a battle-tested, ready-to-roll veteran that will give you that win on third downs at all costs mentality. It, it, you don't walk into the NFL with that. It's very rare for corners to do that. Corners have struggled year one plenty of times. All right. I think this team needs one, preferably that can intercept the football. I know that's what J.C. Jackson brings, but with all the red flags and whatnot, I just think $18 million a year is a little ridiculous for that, and I just don't think that's what this team needs. I think this team needs somebody of the Bradbury mold. Another name that I think is pretty interesting that I've heard talked about in the trade market is Marcus Peters from the Baltimore Ravens coming off I think it was a torn ACL it was an Achilles or ACL I'm not I'm not entirely sure there I think regardless I don't think either of those injuries are as impossible to come back from anymore all right as we've seen with plenty of athletes from the Achilles you can go to Cam Akers that's the one everybody is infatuated with we hope that happens with Carl Lawson there's Kevin Durant in basketball all right there's plenty of new cases where the injury isn't as devastating as it once was. I think Peters is a decent fit too. He has his issues in coverage, but guy gets his hands on the football. He finds the ball. And that is something we really struggled with last year, to say the least, putting it kindly. Yeah. And even for a guy like Marcus Peters, like you're not probably not handing out, you know, large 
um, contracts or, or especially in, in terms of length of years, it's probably one to two years max um, for someone like him. So um, like that's definitely an avenue as well. And we talked about how young the secondary is already, but if we, let's say we make it through the free agency period without like a number one corner, I'd be more for taking a guy like sauce at 10. I agree. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree there. Obviously it does depend what we do in the free agency period. So leading up to our next talking point of the free agency period, another popular name, the Jets obviously have a pretty big hole at right guard. You obviously have Elijah Vera Tucker on the other side. That won't change. Hopefully Mekhi Becton we can pencil in. And then there's George Fant. Connor McGovern we think is safe for now. I haven't heard any news coming out of Jets drive that McGovern is on the chopping block, which – okay, you know, he played better at the end of the season, so we could live with that. It, it's definitely more plausible to have him on this football team than it was maybe 15 or so weeks ago when we were in season and this guy was just getting blown up like, like a balloon in the middle of the offensive line. So right guard, pretty big hole. LDT came in here, did a good job, but I think there definitely is some room for improvement. LDT also is a little bit older. He has the medical career. Not necessarily who you want to put in Sharpie, at right guard, maybe a little training camp competition. And a popular name that has really come up is James Daniels of the Chicago Bears, 24 years old. Maybe the best is yet to come. It kind of seems like it fits the mold a little bit of a Joe Douglas free agent. What do you, what do you guys think about him? You know, that's definitely a, a popular name that I've seen. Um, he's, he can play guard. He can also play center as well. So the versatility, um, young in age, and, and definitely – um, like you said, even going back to last season where we paid Carl Lawson and paid um, Corey Davis, guys that haven't gotten their second contract yet, um, I definitely think Joe Douglas loves to pursue those guys. So, um, But in terms of LDT, honestly, if we do bring him back, um, I definitely think, and like you said to your point, like we have to bring in maybe an, an additional guard just to have that sort of depth because you know you never know with him. Yeah, I think Douglas wants to do better than LDT, like you said, and uh, same thing with Fan. He paid Fan with the idea that his best football was ahead of him, and hopefully, we get another guy in here like that. Yeah, Daniels is interesting because a lot of the advanced statistics and analytics support that he is getting better and he's an ascending player on the rise. He's not necessarily the household name. For instance, Joe Tooney got fourteen million dollars last year in free agency. They don't predict that the contract will reach that height with. Uh, James Daniels, but it's also worth noting that Joe Tooney took a little bit of a discount from the Kansas City Chiefs to go play with Patrick Mahomes, so I don't know how accurate that contract is because I'm sure particularly the Jets were offering more money to Joe Tooney. We don't know that for a fact, but I'm just kind of saying here that it's pretty plausible to think that he took less to go play with Patrick Mahomes. You see what I'm saying here, guys? So I don't know how, how comparable that is. So if you figure the contract, let's just say on the high side is Let's just say it's anywhere between nine to twelve million, probably in that ten eleven range for a guy that's twenty four years old. If you have, if you're stuck with him for another year, like let's just say he wants to cash in again. He's not necessarily looking for a five year deal, but let's just say a three year deal. He'll be twenty seven again when he's a free agent, looking for that first contract. Wants to cash in again. That's pretty enticing to me. And you also don't have to use. I say it all the time. I definitely do like drafting offensive linemen. I'm right now as it stands, that's what I would do at number four, assuming that the pass rushers are gone. But if you sign a James Daniels and bring back LDT, you can kind of get creative here and then corner can be in play with Sauce Gardner at particularly ten. I think four is a little ridiculous, but at four, 
you could look to trade back. Maybe there is a quarterback that a team is in love with, and maybe there is. Maybe Kyle Hamilton's there, and a team thinks that they're a Kyle Hamilton away from having an elite defense. I don't know how other teams think, and I just think that that's the type of guy where you can draft him and kind of cross that off the list come draft day and focus on other areas of need. No, that's that's definitely a good point. Definitely something to know about James Daniels as he's played in this type of system before. So, like, the adjusting to, you know, the run-heavy run, run, run heavy offense, definitely um, he's something he's definitely used to is playing in Chicago. Yeah, and with all the holes, there's, like, a trade back to get an edge maybe, maybe a linebacker. I mean, it, it definitely – Opens up a lot of different options for us. I'm just saying what they could do is, hear me out here, you could sign James Daniels to play guard. You can cut Tyler uh, – uh, there you go. I gave it away. You can cut Connor McGovern and draft Tyler Linderbaum at number 10. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> Not the craziest thing? Not the craziest thing. I think Linderbaum and Daniels is better than McGovern and – Whatever. I think Linderbaum's a generational talent. I've seen it again this week. Someone else said it. Generational uh, generational talent, future Hall of Famer. I think we could use one of those, but I will die on that sword <laughs> until the fat lady sings. Let's hope Joe Douglas listens to the pod. I, I hope so, man. <laughs> Listen, I really love that guy. Like That's the kind of guy where I every draft people have guys that if you overdraft him, you're okay with it. Like, let's be honest. Last year, we probably did overdraft Elijah Vera Tucker, but we were cool with it. I mean, absolutely. I mean, look, yeah. look at the year he had, and people are projecting him to be a Pro Bowl caliber player, all pro kind of player in the future. So, um, you know, definitely not, definitely can't be mad about that. And, yeah, and we you, paid a nice price for it, too. So, but it's yeah. exactly. 100% worth it. And if you love a guy so much, draft him. Who the hell cares about positions? Do you think that? But the Bengals are upset that they drafted a wide receiver over a tackle after the year they had. Can't be, no. Can't be. The Falcons got themselves a generational tight end. I'm just saying, the, the Cowboys and Micah Parsons, another good example. All the hate that came his way before the draft, an off the ball linebacker doesn't have a true position. I think they made that okay with, with that selection. Oh, yeah. But it's interesting because I've seen a lot of Devin Lloyd and Micah Parsons comparisons i don't know if you guys have really seen those across the scouting community he seems to kind of be the apple of people's eyes at linebacker it seems like nicobe dean has kind of dropped a little bit i don't know have you guys uh checked that out at all i i have seen that people aren't really loving nicobe dean as much um i have to check out more devin Lowe. a guy i do like is uh muma from i forgot i'm forgetting this minnesota i believe yeah but he's he's definitely a guy like can play off the ball, um, off the ball linebacker, and um, guy and who's really good in coverage as well. So I definitely think like that's the type of linebacker that we need, someone who can cover it a damn tight end. Yeah, please. You just please. imagine a guy like Parsons playing for Solomon. It'd be unreal. Yeah, and we have to talk about it because it was a rumor this week. I am on the record saying that this is definitely not true. Apparently, apparently, the Jets really like Kyle Hamilton. Well, let me give you guys a good example here. I happen to love Lexuses. I really like Lexuses. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have bigger needs in my life than buying a Lexus. So I get those other needs, and I pass. I'm sure That's a lot awesome. of teams really like Kyle Hamilton. 
end? Like, what is this? To me, this isn't even a story. Is anyone even like buying into this at all? Not one not, bit. It, not one bit. It's all smoke. They want this, the um the Texans to take him at three. Please, please take please. him at three. <laughs> I I don't even think we would be tempted to take him at four because it's funny because so. if you really think about it, it's really not that unrealistic to think he would be there at ten. If we don't it take him happen. at four, I don't even want him at ten to be honest with you. At ten, Me I would either. be le- I would be less aggravated, but like, bro. We just traded a safety, and we're going to use the draft pick, the top 10 pick that we just traded for that safety on another safety. Come on. Yeah. With all the other holes we have, too, you just can't do that. In a draft with a lot of good receivers, too, it should be noted. It should. It's just asinine thinking. I, I can't – and we got a lot of love on one tweet this week. Holy mackerel. <laughs> wow. So we do it from time to time. It's like it happens, but – Really, I just can't think of any scenarios in my head that we could do in the draft that would make me mad. Like truly and utterly enraged where I would just start thinking to myself, this is just, why am I a fan of this team? We're, we're not going it. Other than drafting a safety. Can, can you think of any others? Honestly, not really. I'm not- yeah. But even with this draft class, there there's a lot of good safeties that we, that we can draft in the second and third rounds who could still provide a great impact on this team. I really like the kid Brisker from Penn State. Should be noted. Him and, and, and Petrie from Baylor. Well, Petrie was lighting it up at the Senior Bowl this week. Yeah. Or not this week, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> he, he, was, he was going up against Trey McBride, who, by the way, guys, can we please draft Trey McBride, please? We've got to Please. manifest it. We're, we're going to talk into existence. I'm, I'm really done with the, the veteran tight ends. I'm kind of done. Tall. I, like, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll do the mock off season pretty soon because I think franchise tag deadline day is soon. If I'm not mistaken. It's not March 1st. Is it March 1st? March 1st? No, know. it's not March 1st. March 1st is the damn buyout market for the NBA. That's why I was thinking about that. <laughs> I don't know when the, when the franchise tag deadline is, but when, when we have that, we'll do the mock-off season. But I'm, I'm kind of done with the veteran tight ends. Outside of Dalton Schultz, who I think will price himself out, I just I, none of them really get me going. They have to come with, with a draft pick in my eyes, like a McBride or, let's say, Ruckert. I, I would just like both. I would, I'd, I'd be down. I'm, I'm ready to roll on. with two. I'm ready to roll with two rookies and and Ryan Griffin again. Listen, that 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 tight end room cannot be the same as it was last year. That's I think that's all that needs to be said. It was it was bad. Yeah, it's just fun because I can. Can't you guys just see them signing like who who's like a like an OJ Howard or something like that? And, and everybody is like, wow. <laughs> well, it can't it can't get much worse. We got some two. Tight end sense with OJ and uh, Ryan Griffin. What about really, Ricky Sales Jones? No, that's not. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Please. Um, yeah, so the veterans, it's just, it, two rookies is kind of my preferred choice. And I have kind of changed my mind after just thinking to myself, seems like a lot of really good tight ends in this draft. There's no necessarily a Kyle Pitts out there. Or who's another tight end in years past? Like at, at the time when OJ Howard came out of college, I mean the guy was a top ten pick out of Alabama. That's why drafting a tight end isn't great. And TJ Hawkinson was another one. 
another one that went high. So it, it doesn't seem to be a guy like that, but there seems to be a lot of solid. And a lot of these tight ends, it must be noted, it's really crazy because usually when guys come out of college, the report is always really good receiver. It needs to work as a blocker. I feel like this year, unlike most years, we're hearing really good blocker, wasn't used a lot as a receiver, could do more in the passing game. Isn't that, I find that pretty bizarre. I've never really heard that from years of following the draft. It's always been the opposite. You know, that's definitely a good point. Like, if we bring in two, two guys in, of that mold, that not only helps the run, the run game, but opens up a lot in the passing game as well. So, like I said before, I definitely just we need to, we need to bring in two tight ends at the minimum. Yeah. Bef- yeah, I'm sorry. We got some close looks at McBride and Rucker too, so if they love him, they better take him. Please. Bef- before I get into our last kind of like rumor subject point here, I just want to give a quick shout-out to whoever Ted is was on the call with Robert Sala. <laughs> Oh yeah. Ted, please don't take a safety at four and Salah. I don't even I don't even think Salah could help himself. He's he pretty much just said, Yes, you're exactly right. Taking a safety at four is ridiculous. We need to build up the pass rush is what we need. And and that's great to hear because like these people are really crazy, man. It's like and even the ones this week, we're getting into the wide receivers, so I guess we'll just bring it up now with Robbie Anderson. What are we doing here? what are we going to do? Are we going to call Jamal back and run it back? We just, let's just run it back, right? <laughs> let's just bring everybody back that got us to this point where we have so many issues. And, yeah, we finally had a good draft last year with offense. Let's draft the safety at four and let's get the band back together and bring Robbie Anderson back <laughs> as our number one ride receiver. That's a great idea, right? I mean, what what's wrong yeah. with people, man? So, guys, Ted, good job. Appreciate you. Really, thank God. Um, Robbie Anderson. We're not even thinking about bringing him back. If he comes back, it can't be as the number one wide receiver. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Yeah, no. If he like if he's there, if if we bring him back, plus add a couple guys, great. But he's not a number one wide receiver that we need on this football team. Um, and I that would just be like a little bit disappointing if that was like our our brand, our marquee, you know, wide receiver free agent signing. That would definitely be a little bit disappointing. While I agree with both of you, I just want to bring this up. I would definitely rather have Robbie Anderson than Corey Davis. That that that's for damn sure. I I actually agree with you on that one. I definitely think Robbie Anderson, like he stretches the field really well, and that's definitely something that we need in this offense. But I'm not paying top do- top dollar for for Robbie Anderson and thinking that's going to solve our offense. Yeah, exactly. Like if we draft Burks and bring in Robbie, you know, that would get me going. It should be. It's also kind of it stinks to a lesser extent because the contract extension he got from Carolina just kind of stinks. Because if he was a free agent, it would kind of be exciting to say, you know what, throw him a one-year deal and see what happens, right? Braxton Berrios was a free agent. You know what? Maybe I would have been on board with with paying Robbie for a year, as opposed to bringing back Berrios for for nine million a year. Maybe, maybe I could have got talked into that, but Corey Davis is, he, he needs, he needs to prove something this year, man. And I personally think Robbie would have been better for this team than Corey Davis. And I still am not over Joe Douglas, not paying Robbie Anderson. And people want to bring up all time. Well, Corey Davis played a full season this year. He would have had a thousand yards. And if he played the year before he was a free agent, a full season, it would have had a thousand yards. And he had a rookie quarterback this year and all, all this other hoopla. Robbie Anderson had a thousand yards and a Pro Bowl season with Teddy Bridgewater. 
All the points. Says something, yeah. And, and and let's just say we want to bring up uh, Davis having a thousand yard season if he played a full year. I think if Sam Darnold would have played in what was it Robbie's last year? I think that was eighteen, right? If Darnold yeah. would have played the full season, I think Robbie Anderson has a thousand yards if he didn't have Luke Falk for four games. Probably, yeah. So it works both ways, people. So right now, where are we standing with with wide receiver? Is it still bringing that veteran? Is there any names that have come out? It seems to be the constant names. I think Amari Cooper will be available, by the way. That That's kind of the hunch I'm getting. Just saying. That excites me. Where Where are we with wide receiver right now at this moment in time? Um, I think for me, I think definitely think – I definitely think we need to add two – two wide receivers to this team. Um, I think Amari Cooper can be had. Um, I'm hearing talks of maybe Jerry Judy. Um, that that excites me a little bit. Um, but I'd rather draft one at 10, if we're being honest. Um, I definitely think adding a young wide receiver to this group um, would definitely do dividends. Um, another guy I like, maybe Christian Kirk. Um, I'm seeing Alan, a lot of Allen Robinson love, but I'm, I don't want to – you know, dish out top dollar to Allen Robinson and have Corey Davis on the books as well. Yeah, I think my first option is still to get Calvin Ridley in here, but we need if we don't bring in that number one stud, then we have to draft the guy at ten or do something along those lines. I think Allen Robinson is kind of shot. Just just putting it on the record, I, I really don't want Allen Robinson. It's crazy because last year I would have loved to have Allen Robinson, but. I don't know if he can play anymore. I don't think it's like an issue of paying or the offense or court. I don't know if he can play anymore, to be quite honest with you. And I think that is where I say no. Christian Kirk, no, he can stay home. I'm not interested in him. Uh, we bring up Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley will just get traded randomly. I don't think there will be a big Calvin Ridley has formally requested a trade. I just think it will happen if that makes sense, without warning. If the Jets are that team, I don't know. I think the thing that kind of works in Calvin Ridley's against Calvin Ridley to the Jets is the fact that he does need a new contract. And do the Jets trade him with the intent to re-sign him? Do they trade a draft pick or two along with a big contract for a guy that didn't play? That's the only thing. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but we need to start connecting dots here. Do you guys, like is that unreasonable to be pessimistic I mean, about? I don't think they would they would trade for him unless they knew that he was down to to play and put that that stuff behind him. So, I'd be down to pay to, to pay him what he wants. I mean, he's a that'd be huge for us like a number one like him. And also we t- I think we can get out of Corey Davis contract after next season, correct? So, counting down the days. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's I mean like paying, paying, paying Calvin Ridley and maybe potentially getting out of the Corey Davis deal um, could be an option as well. So, I'm just pretty smitten by Amari Cooper. I just think that is exactly what we need. Thousand yard season after thousand yard season. A, a lot. This guy gets a lot of hate, man. He really does. For a guy that is just consistently put up numbers year in year out, catches the ball. The guy. You ever really see him drop the ball? And what did we really struggle with last year and pretty much almost every year since I've been alive? Dropping the ball. Omari Cooper solves that. There's not a route he can't run. He's a quarterback's best friend. He's always in the right spot. Yes, he has a little bit of an issue with durability. But believe it or not, guys, I found that a crazy stat. Not a stat, but just a fact. He's the same age as Calvin Ridley. 
Wow. He's he been is, in the league for a long time. Too. Yeah, he's been – he came in he really young. Well, Cal- Calvin Ridley was a 25-year-old rookie. Damn. Kind of like Marcus May in a sense. Like Marcus May is 29. So Pretty crazy. Amari Cooper, I don't know if Calvin was 25. He might have been 23, 24, but y- you get the point. Same age. Like Amari Cooper was yeah. like, what, 21 when he entered? It's crazy, man. It really is crazy. So all these people are like, well, I really want to get younger. They're not doing their homework. So cool. And I'm, I'm just really in. I'm in. <laughs> He has, a, he, has a, he has his best he, – he still has some juice left. I'll put it that way. He definitely still has some juice left, and I would love, love for him to be on this football team. Really? And, and to be honest with you, it might not even cost any. It might just cost, like, a late pick. It might be, like, a glorified salary dump for him. Like, if you're I'm Dallas – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, keep going, keep going. Like, if you're Dallas and, and you, all the teams that are calling, would you rather trade him to – who's another team in the NFC? Like, the Saints that are looking for a oh – I know, the Saints have uh, definitely not with their, with their salary cap situation. Like, let's think of a, of a team here. Like, in the NFC, a content, like, if the Green Bay Packers come calling, right? I, I, they don't have great salary cap space either, but you get the point. A team like that that's kind of contending or on the borderline of contention, contention, if they offer you a third and you might run into Amari Cooper where he could beat you one day – or and as opposed to if the Jets come with like a fourth or a fifth, you're trading him to New York, where you're you're never gonna, he'll he'll be out of your hair. You won't run into him. You won't play him in the regular season. They're not making the Super Bowl. The Jets are definitely not the Cowboys either. But <laughs> you see what I'm saying here. I just personally think it would be more incentivizing for Dallas to trade him to a team like the Jets as opposed to a team where he could come back and haunt you one day. That's, that's, point. that's definitely a good good point. And if you're Atlanta. Why are they in such a rush to trade Calvin? Like, isn't that like a little suspicious to you guys that Calvin Ridley is just ready to go? <laughs> like, maybe he wants a fresh start, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, well, well, the owner did say it's it's up to Ridley if he does want to come back, right? Why does he want? Why does he want to leave Atlanta so bad, though? That that's my re- that's my it's next a, question. I guess it's, it's a like good a question. Med- you know, I guess maybe just like a change of scenery for the. Med- I'm not a. I'm not a. You know an expert but in that by any means but i get it but i just think man i'm i'm all i'm in man i really really hope the jets get amari cooper really do i would be disappointed if he's traded to another like i saw this mock trade this week where it's like jacksonville trades a second round pick and like a fourth for him and it's like really what we we can't do this really see what i'm saying here like that would really piss me off So what was what's the highest what's the highest price tag you'd pay for a Mark Cooper? Thirtieth overall pick. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty confident in saying that too. Really confident in saying that. I think if you could trade back from four or ten and get a, a, another second round pick either this year or next year, especially, or you know, I'm just saying. I just think that they have plenty of assets. I think now is the time to be aggressive and make that leap of faith with this group. And you've done a great job of compiling assets over the years if you're Douglas. The rebuild is in that let's put it all together phase. You see what I'm saying? It's not rebuilding anymore. It's time. And you held your chips tight, and now it's time to start playing the game. And that, to me, is playing the game, getting Amari, a guy like Amari Cooper. I would do I would do 38 for Amari Cooper. I'd, 
especially with the draft, it's tricky because like just because you have so many picks doesn't necessarily guarantee any success okay. at all. I mean, look at the Raiders, look at the Dolphins who had multiple first round picks and you know, they're still in this pretty much the same situation they've that franchise has always been in. So um that get, getting good solid players for draft picks is, is definitely um an option I think we need to be aggressive with. How many years does he have left on his deal? Like it's twenty million a year. I don't know if it's like two, three years. And by the way, I don't even I don't even think about twenty million a year is that crazy for him. The way receivers no, get not. paid. No. And I remember when he was a free agent, that was a guy that I really wanted to pay that offseason with, with George Fant um, and Amari Cooper. And we saw Dak Prescott and his game ascended with Amari Cooper. Let's not forget yeah. where the first year it was kind of the Ezekiel Elliott show with the Cowboys where he was handing it off to Zeke. He had Jason Witten as a security blanket. The second year, Dak wasn't playing great. Do you guys remember this where Dallas was like mm-hmm. a fringe playoff team? And as soon as Amari Cooper came, they took off. And Dak Prescott became that next step of, I don't want to call him great, but he went from average to a little bit above average to top 10 quarterback. And I, I, I that's something I want. Uh, just saying <laughs> if top 10 is the, is the floor here, where do I sign? <laughs> you know? Uh, all right. Let's see your Mari Cooper contract. That is, so he's a free agent in 2024 after the 2024 season, rather. So three years left. Okay. But they could they can get out of it though. They can cut them. Yeah. You, you can get out of it. Yeah. You can get out of it at the end of twenty twenty two um and be a six million dollar dead cap. So it's not bad. I mean he's a steady hand. He's he's consistent. It's a number not, one. Yeah, he's he's a good player. It's a number one, and we need number one. So who's everyone's favorite draft prospect at the wide receiver position before we wrap up? I'll start Traylon Burks. <laughs> Um, I'll also, also go Traylon Burks, super versatile. Um, I think he'd be really fun to watch in this offense, honestly. They could use him in so many different ways. Although Garrett, I will say that Garrett Wilson has not been getting enough love. I'm not the biggest Jake's, fan. Jake's not a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not that I think he's a bad player. He kind of reminds me of Rashad Bateman a little bit of last year, the way I felt about him. I, I'm not comparing them as terms of, in terms of players, but Bateman was a guy that the consensus was really high on. And that was a guy where I was like, okay, well, what does he really do exceptionally well? Does that make sense? Whereas I'm seeing other guys where I was looking at Kadarius Tony, I go, okay, yes, I see the grade here, yards after the catch and getting open with, with Jamar Chase. I mean, what doesn't he do well? <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? With these other guys, I saw what they did exceptionally well. Whereas with Garrett Wilson, it's not the fastest, doesn't have the best hands, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest. It's not the best in contested cat. Where, where, where is he exceptional at? Whereas with Drake London, I see he where gets that. open. He gets open. I think his route running is really good. Yeah. Is it like general? See what I'm saying yeah. here? Like, <laughs> it's like never Ridley. before seen. Yeah, I think Ridley's a good comp for him. I'm just. I don't think he's a bad player, but to me, I personally prefer Burks. And to be quite honest with you, I kind of prefer Jake Drake London to him. Ooh. Spicy. I don't know how I feel about London, honestly. Yeah, I'm Lon- very, very London, London could be that guy that we look back at and say, how is everybody so stupid to let this guy fall to wherever he fell to? How did this guy get taken above Drake London? Or he could be, oh, my God, how did a team draft this guy? <laughs> See what I'm saying? I just think he yeah. will be that type of guy. And 
I got to be honest with you, I see a lot of Mike Evans. I'm not just trying to be cliche. And if I truly didn't like him, I would say it. And if they didn't draft him or if, like, let's say a team that the Jets rival drafts him, I would say the same thing. Like I said about Tony last year in the Giants, I see a lot of Mike Evans with, with Drake London. And we know how good Mike Evans is. I just – I don't know how – like, I feel like his route running needs a little bit of work. Um, and he's, he doesn't seem as fast to me on tape. Um, so that kind of worries me a little bit. But he is really good, um, you know, in the vertical sense and doing the contested catches. So um, he does have a lot of good to his game. So I definitely see your points there. Well, well, here's my rebuttal to the route running is a guy that big with that big of a catch radius, he's open. Does yeah, that make just, sense? Just throw, yeah, just just throw it up to him. He's open. Yeah, I like, was gonna say like his separation scares me, but like same thing with Mike Evans. You're so big that you're open all the time because you're so big. You're open. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's just just throw it in his vicinity. And a guy like Zach Wilson too. Where let's be honest, guys, Zach Wilson wasn't the most accurate quarterback last year. We love Zach. We hope he's yeah. great, but he was pretty errant with some throws where like Elijah wasn't big enough to go up. I think the Jets kind of need a guy like that. To be honest with you. I can see it. I can definitely see it. I, I, I prefer Burks as well, but. Yes, for the vertical game and yeah. just the ways we could use him. Yes, but I think London, just saying, we have a lot to talk about. It, it's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> Guys, it, it was great doing this. Great to have everybody back. Hopefully next week we have everybody back. We'll continue the fan series. We have a lot going on in the next few weeks. We have free agency. We have the very anticipated mock off season 1.0 before free agency. You don't want to miss that episode. I'm, I'm ready. This is, this is our time to shine and guys. Thank you. What, what an episode tonight. Go Jets. Thank you boys. Go Jets.